Hello, hello, good evening, Trigger Proof family. I love hitting that go live button. I got to admit, I'm not going to lie. If you're a, you know, somebody who, you know, tells stories and jumps on and does um, Facebook Lives, you know, just before hitting that go live, there's this little rush kind of reminds me when I was in as a, as a salsa dancer <clears throat> we would rehearse a routine for like six six months like a two-minute routine we would rehearse it for like six months and so all the little nuances and the, the speed we would increase it we would go and practice it in different places so that we could be ready to be on that stage and that just for two minutes and I remember being backstage and they would call out our name and I would just get this rush that came through <clears throat> and I remember that nervousness that anxious energy it's funny I'm talking to you about this is a foundation of a lot of the stuff that I teach now is I started to get accustomed to that feeling that anxious feeling imagine you know you're about to do a talk or you're gonna be on stage dancing and performing and they're about to call your name you start to feel this sickness you start to feel anxiety I started long long ago 10 years ago 15 years ago just being in this in the salsa community and training and performing I tr I actually trained myself to enjoy that feeling which is what you know most people would get really sick or it would be queasy or wouldn't be able to sleep the night before I mean Eminem has songs about this. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting, but he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words don't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking. Anyway, <laughs> don't get me started on rap. I love rap. So, <clears throat> that feeling of the anxiousness I just wanted to call that out just before I hit go live I got this rush and I think it's not so much now the rush isn't because oh my god you're gonna look at me and 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 I hope I perform well it's not really about that anymore it's now that rush comes from really feeling inspired to share what I'm about to share you know like I, I full disclosure if you're new to this group we have like Oh my God, like three months ago, there wasn't even 200 people in this group. And now we have over 1,600 people and it's growing by leaps and bounds. People are, you know, I'm honored and I get nervous. The bigger the audience, it's like, whoa, you got to hear that imposter syndrome coming up. And so the reason why I now find myself getting nervous before I hit the go live button, because my commitment is to come find time in between working with clients that we help up that <clears throat> climb up that mountain of healing um, is to take time and, and, and just take all of the discoveries I make when I'm helping people go inside and clear up their shit like I'm obsessed with the conversation of healing that's involved in healing I'm obsessed with the conversation that's involved in healing because healing imagine this your healing journey whether you're healing from a really deep heartbreak of a, of a relationship or you actually have now gotten to the place where you have fatigue and you have an illness, your body is now broken down because of the conflict that you've gone through in your life, you, 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 you trace it back, you trace it back to a conflict. This is really what I would see again and again in my chiropractic practice. You know, what the hell do I have a right as a chiropractor speaking to you about this? <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> as my mom would say, you're not a psychologist. What are you talking about this emotion? Why aren't you chiropractor? Why are you talking about this? Why aren't you? You know, like, you know, if I was to go based on what, what my mom would say, she'd think I'm unqualified. Like, quite frankly, I am, I am unqualified to diagnose your mental disorders, to treat your mental disorders. <clears throat> I'm not interested in diagnosing and treating anything. I'm actually um, interested in the conversation of healing. I'm a guy who's been in the healing industry and uh, immersed in it as a practitioner, seeing people who have stress-related disorders coming in, 
with physical ailments that are tied to their stresses that often just wouldn't get better no matter what <clears throat> excuse me no matter what I would do they just wouldn't get better my ego fucking hated that and I was like I want to be able to be the hero to everyone I want to solve every I loved it I loved having patients come in I would adjust them their headaches would go away and I'd be like Dr. Nima, you are a god. And then I felt like the savior. I felt like the hero. So then when I w wasn't able to help these people <clears throat> and they would be stuck or they, they would only get better this much with their health, but there was that 25% that we couldn't knock, knock down, my ego couldn't stand it. And it was a br like this moment of electric spark that happened one one time when I lost a, a patient because of a stress related problems she was doing so well no more back back pain medication no more back pain she wasn't on crutches anymore after working with her for three months no more pain meds she had a long story of suffering a huge story that's what we're gonna talk about today I'm gonna to talk about today is how to tell when you're stuck in a story because this woman Gwen had a story like this oh Dr. Nima let me tell you my story let me tell you my story let me tell you my story can I tell you my story can I tell you my story and I was like slowly in my practice I would hear this and it would gnaw at my soul because the people who are most stuck on a story they wouldn't get better or they only got limited healing they, you cannot, I realize, you cannot heal fully if you're stuck in a victim story. So how am I, what am I supposed to do now? I'm a chiropractor, I wanna help. I can't keep taking these people's money and watching them deteriorate because they're stuck on a story. <clears throat> it wasn't congruent for me. So I had to, I started getting anxiety at work. I'm adjusting these people, they're telling their story. I had to pay the bills. So I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. I'm adjusting them and then I'm not able to look at myself in the mirror because these people don't just need a chiropractic adjustment, which is magical in and of itself to help regulate your nervous system. I'm not knocking chiropractic at all. It's just the business model of a chiropractic clinic. I can't sit there and do coaching with everyone and not really have a structure in place. So onwards began this journey to, un to help. How do I help these people with their healing journey? So I would create these workshops called Life Skills for a Stressful World. And I noticed the patients that would come in and learn how to change their story would get better. Imagine that, you're a practitioner. You've discovered that people are coming in with their emotion, like with their physical wounds that are intimately tied into their emotional wounds. And you've spent 10,000 hours seeing the correlation but not having the tools based on your chiropractic education to help them. So what do you do? You send them to counselors. You send them to uh, psychologists. You send them to psychiatrists. And I notice that these traditional therapies for these problems seldom help these people unwind their story. In fact, I found the opposite to be true. That people going to these therapeutics that I would recommend to help them because I knew there was something going on, that they were actually encouraged to stay stuck in that story. Why? Take a guess why. Take a wild guess why. Write in the comment section why you think that is. Why you think that week after week, month after month, you go to the therapist for two, three years and you're still a victim to the same story. Who wins? Take a guess. You win every week when you tell your story and you get that high, but then your healing loses because <clears throat> by staying stuck in that identity you don't have an ability to leave you don't have you, you you've given up your power Laura let me know if you know what the hell I'm talking about by holding on to that story you're now it feels good it feels great to have people go oh my gosh poor you that must be so hard and you're like yeah thank you and it feels so good. Oh my gosh, it feels so good, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel so good when you say it and you dramatize it and you, somebody who's been enmeshed in that same story can go, oh, me too, and it does feel good. That is a necessary part of healing. But here's the problem. Many therapies stop there. You don't go beyond that, and now you're stuck, and so do your results. So 
that was 10 years ago uh, Gwen um, after she was stuck in this long story for a long period of time after three months she got off of all of her pain medications she's like there was this light that came back into her eyes and I was just doing the chiropractic work doing my own personal development working on my own stories I hadn't formulated a methodology yet I hadn't created the overview method yet never had overview experience seminars yet I never even had any workshops in my class I wasn't really teaching even though the word doctor actually means teacher sit with that one for a moment the word doctor actually uh, teaches the doctor actually means teachers so one day Gwen didn't show up for an appointment and we called her and we said Gwen where are you and and her husband answered the phone and said <clears throat> unfortunately Gwen died of a heart attack this morning I was like holy shit for the last three months I've been working with her I knew she was stuck in a story I bit my lip because I'm just spine doctor spine that chiropractic I didn't want to be I had to stay in this is what the psychologists say to me now stay in your lane this is what many chiropractors will say to me now stay in your lane stay in the chiropractic lane and I just couldn't stay in my lane anymore in that moment I decided I was gonna get the fuck out of that lane and create my own lane and whoever wanted to listen was free to whoever was in whoever was pissed off by my observations for what it's worth 20 years of being a chiropractor 15 at the time and I said I'm gonna set out and I'm going to put together a methodology that helps people change the narrative in the change their narratives so that they can release their baggage not have to live in a victim state whether it's conscious or unconscious and basically help take them on a spiritual journey because that's really what healing is and I used to be embarrassed and it was voodoo or non-scientific to say but fuck let's tell call it what it is your healing whatever it is is a spiritual journey is a journey where you like any crisis whether it's a healing crisis whether it's a coronavirus crisis whether it's a marriage crisis a relationship crisis whatever crisis the gift of the crisis is that it forces us the same way this coronavirus thing has happened to look inside and ask the right questions finally that we were unconscious of going into the real question of who am I who am I really and you realize that without this is the big aha that many of my our clients come to see is that you realize that you've built you who am I who you are has been the fucking story and you've literally identified with a story and that story has become fact and that fact is based on the past and by repeating the story of the past my past becomes my future and it's like how's a person have any chance of healing coming to see me as a chiropractor <clears throat> if they don't get some wisdom about that so I put these talks on called life skills for a stressful world helping people change their story and guess what guess what I saw take a wild guess the patients that came in and did that work to learn how to change their story guess what happened to their health they would get better faster they would heal quicker they would stay better longer they were more resilient and I was just like and imagine that was you seeing this whole dynamic happen what would what would you do what would you do what if that were you what would you start to do you'd start to realize like I would is that I hated being there on Monday morning I only talking to people still stuck in their story I love adjusting people it's so much fun but in but in concert with helping them overcome their story because you can't have one without the other you can help someone uncover their story but still if you have spinal distress you're still gonna be in a, a, a like a sympathetic fight-or-flight state so you're not at your best but if you're doing the adjustments but you're still going back and telling the same stories you're missing out on healing so onwards was this journey and now that was four years ago I took the scariest fucking leap of my life it wasn't getting a divorce eight nine years ago that was nothing compared to actually giving myself permission scaring the crap out of my parents they were like what are you doing I can't believe you are doing this what are we going to tell our friends which was really the the, the most important thing 
uh, to a Persian family, really, um, <laughs> to Persian parents, if you know what I'm talking about. Give me, a, give me a holler if you're a Persian or you've been, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. <clears throat> so, um, four years ago, I sold my practice and started to build a tribe, a community of self-healers, people learning these skills of self-regulation. And so part of that is the biggest part of that that's been the latest iteration is over the last two years where I have gone outside of changing the story here and I realized that there was the missing link is that you can do all the NLP and the, all the therapy and the coaching and the counseling and intellectualizing the changing of the story but here's the main thing guess what it is there's still a story that your body is telling it's still when you're you know no matter how you've intellectualized it if you and I are in a room together and I raise my voice to you and call you by your full name with a raised voice your body will tense up as though it was your father for example do you know what I mean what about the story in the body so over the last two years I've taken this intellectual approach and I've learned how to embody it and so it took a lot of work for me you know and that's when but here's the greatest gift of that <clears throat> taking the, your journey from your head to your heart in your healing going from psychotherapy counseling to embodiment work putting somatic based tools to the cognitive work and merging them together has given a one great gift number one the gift of healing anxiety just being able to sit comfortably in your own body Laura who was at one of on one of our group calls yesterday she was like I used to want to crawl out of my skin I was so uncomfortable sitting where I am but now I'm actually I feel safe in my body and she was picking at her skin or cutting things and people picking pulling their hair we see that kind of thing one of the net results of really dedicating and committing yourself to the work is you start to feel safer in your body you've, you've stopped intellectualizing and here's the other part is that you now learn how to get into your heart to speak with people and the thing is is that you can tell when you're with somebody and you're talking to them by their tone of voice by their posture by the way that they're breathing by their facial expressions by their the sound of their voice um, you can tell if a person is full of shit or if they're in their heart and once you start learning this you become far more attuned to seeing authenticity in people our clients say that all so many as a net result of doing this overview work and doing the work that we do in the program which which is becoming trigger proof essentially which is honing your toolkit to be able to expand the space between stimulus and response so that you can have a choice in your experience rather than be governed by these unconscious complexes from your past wounds you now have a say in changing your whole experience and then your relationships change outside because the relationship with yourself starts to change when you get this right you go from I have no memories of my childhood to I totally like this is what we see everybody who starts with us says I don't remember my childhood this is the degree of dissociation and it makes sense that you don't if you don't remember your childhood because often the traumas were so severe that it was actually safer to leave your body and not be present in order to not have to feel your feelings because nobody modeled that behavior nobody taught you and so what we do is we basically guide people to go back and start their childhood over <laughs> reparent their wounded inner child and tell change the story change the story cognitively and then change the story in the body so I wanted to, to leave you today with these these telltale signs of how you can see if you're stuck in a story let me know if this is resonating with you if you're on replay give me hashtag replay and what your biggest takeaway was because I really want to continue this conversation the goal of every training that I do you'll notice just by paying attention to me I'm gonna be bringing you into the present moment just by paying attention to this instead of numbing yourself with social media you stay on these these broadcasts and you stay in the conversation you will feel more in your heart you'll feel more in your feelings sometimes that'll be uncomfortable but so what you're actually able to feel yourself you'll be more present you'll be able to expand that space between stimulus and response so just keep paying attention and that's what I'm committed to teaching the peeps um, in it, you can digest this free content and then of course if you feel inspired and ready you want a group of us 
who are engaged in this conversation to actually walk with you and cross that threshold and start that journey of self-healing and then have us kind of guide you trust me you're going to want some guides who know what the fuck know the path who've walked the path who've cried the tears and who've done their work so and you can tell who that is um just by how you feel around them um and yeah that's all i gotta say you gotta just when you're choosing a guide first of all don't ever do this alone you don't have to do it alone uh it's not recommended don't think that you can get the answers by watching a you know youtube video or one of these just one of these or listening to a podcast that's not the same as doing the work um so this is going to give you some perspective so when you get this part right you'll be able to self-assess self-assessment is a skill self-awareness self-assessment is the first skill towards changing your life because most of the time you're unconscious so what are your developmental states and where are you are you ready are you ready for it Samantha what's up sister love my peeps uh, and also if you have had experience and you're one of the clients please don't hesitate to share your experience because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there there's a lot of noise on social media and I pride myself in creating content that actually helps to um, awaken people and give offers that keep guiding people back to themselves so on every call I'm gonna you know if, if this resonates you gotta obey that inner voice and you feel that pull there's gonna be an offer for you to actually receive our help uh, you know that's what we're here that was that's my purpose on this earth so tell me what tell me which which one of these resonate with you my our, my clients that are here you guys are you guys are well versed in this stuff so you'll know you're probably great at pinpointing it out and noticing what state you're in but there's three developmental states that you're gonna go in okay and whether you have a chronic illness whether you are struggling in your relationship whether you're like in that limbo state you're like uh, should I stay should I go or you're like I don't know what to do about my life and I don't know what my purpose is or you're having a health crisis that you don't know where you know where to turn or you're noticing these same patterns you're dating the same type of person you're in these codependent patterns and you really want to free yourself everybody says how do I break this pattern how do I break this pattern it first starts with the awareness of where you are so your first state is developmental state that we go into is our wounded child and that's you between the ages of zero and five seven okay there's a wounded child inside of you that when you get into story when you get triggered and you get activated you will be knocked back into a reactive wound into the developmental state of a child if you have noticed the times when you get into arguments with your loved ones and you're sitting there going this person feels like a fucking child let me know if you know what I'm talking about or if you're off if you're kind of willing to get real and vulnerable how often have you noticed you acting out like a little child well there's a neuroscience behind that is because when you get activated by something an, of an old wound when you were zero to six seven <clears throat> you literally get knocked back in and re-experience that trauma as if it were happening now so I'll be let me give an example if I'm um, <clears throat> hanging out with you and then all of a sudden I hear a male voice raise their voice at me Nima! immediately you'll notice my body going into this fight-or-flight state and I get knocked back into my wounded child and the behavioral patterns you'll notice when you're in that state is you start to feel worthless you start to and when you feel worthless you have no worth you have no value you start acting needy and you start acting out of control and you act out and you seek attention and what happens is you idealize your partner you have them on a pedestal you idealize you, you, you this is the kind of idealistic partner you want or which is really a surrogate parent it's kind of like you want the parent you want your partner to become the parent that you couldn't have we tend to get into a relationship with people who remind us of our the unloved parts of us with our primary caregivers 
And so the wounded child is kind of like when you internalize. You have this trigger and you internalize. Okay? I'm worthless. I'm needy. You know, that's your first developmental state. Okay? Now, um, let me just see. I have some notes on this. So the next event, let me know over the past few months, this is the question that I, it's a check-in question. Over the past few months, how often have you spent in the wounded child? Can you look back? Worthless, needy, acts out of control, seeks attention, <clears throat> idealizes their caretakers, and idealizes a partner. You have them up on a pedestal. This is a sign of a wounded child in you. Okay? This is one of the developmental states. And when you're there, you're going to start to notice your story. Nobody sees me. I'm not, a, you know, I'm not appreciated. Um, you know, why are you not giving me attention? You're ignoring me. Um, you know, you should be supportive of me. Like, this is the wounded child. This is your language. Those are the stories you're telling when your nervous system has been activated and you've now been knocked back into a wound. Can you see that happening? That's why I call this trigger proof. Trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. I get triggered constantly. The difference between now and me two years ago is that I'm much better at expanding that space between stimulus and response so that the trigger doesn't own me. And this is what the teaching is all about. This is all about self-regulation, which comes to first becoming aware of the behavioral patterns of your wounded child. So if you could write in the comment section where you have noticed yourself acting that way just in the last few weeks, okay? Have you been in that state? Second stage of development that you'll get into, which you'll have stories that run, is your adapted adolescent. See, we have this wounded child who had to adapt because they weren't seen and heard with parents that weren't attuned Imagine, by the way, take a moment and take a pause and imagine what your life would have been like if your parents started prioritizing this education and healing their attachment wounds. Take a, take a wild guess what would happen to your life. How would it be different? More on that later because we're going to talk about your parenting as well because your parenting becomes affected by this. You then can also get triggered if you've ever noticed yourself acting like an adapted adolescent. Adapted, we say adapted because they're adapting from the wounded child. So what, what do we do when we're adolescents and we're just living unconsciously from those wounds? What happens? Well, let me know if you can resonate with this. If you have any teenagers, you act like a teenager. You're arrogant. You're needless. Okay? You're hyper-controlling. Okay? And here's the key. The wounded child seeks attention, whereas the adapted adolescent seeks intensity. Let me say that again. The wounded child seeks attention, and the adapted adolescent seeks intensity. So it's interesting when I look back on relationships that I've been in and the colossal absolute fucking failures of relationships that I used to have, I realized that it was because I was showing up as a wounded child who was a victim who then sought intensity. Usually this is when we get into uh, affairs. This is when we start to have extramarital stuff. We start texting. Uh, we start going on these dating apps behind the scenes, emotional affairs, fantasies, that kind of thing is because the adapted adolescent within us seeks intensity. I'm on a group I'm on group calls and I have a coaching group, men's group with Neil Strauss who is the writer uh New York Times best-selling author of the book The Game and we I'm a group of men and what we just do is I see them really the main conversation that they're all having guess what it is is infidelity with their wives and the way that they're like they were caught and they're here to work through that and and to better themselves and so I'm constantly engaged in this conversation. This is a fascinating conversation. Why as a chiropractor? Because not getting this right will impact your health. I guarantee you that if you're dealing with a chronic problem, my certainty by this exceeds your doubt. 
okay I don't care what your diagnosis is it's being impacted by these stories your adapted adolescent when you're in that stage you uh, are seeking intensity and just like the wounded child seeks uh, to idealize the caretakers or uh, or partners uh, when you're in your adapted adolescent that's when you feel disillusioned by your partner and caretaker let me say that again the wounded child idealizes their caretakers and partners whereas you're when you're knocked into the stories with to the being of your uh, adapted adolescent part of you um, and you haven't learned to heal that what happens is the adapted adolescent drives the bus and you start showing up in your relationship feeling disillusioned feeling like like just disillusioned disillusioned is your adapted adolescent now here's my question over the last three months especially since coronavirus came up and hit which completely alters your nervous system and depending on the level of the tone of my sympathetic nervous system parasympathetic depending on that balance whether I'm in what we call ventral state which is kind of connection and safety uh, sympathetic state which is like like frustration and fear uh, and fight and flight or dorsal which shut down and check out depending on where I am my story will be the wounded child or the adapted adolescent does this make sense but cry and connect with her and bring her into my heart space great great work Angie that's a great start beautiful and that's a lifelong journey this is part of the work that we do is really going into the advanced versions of the those inner child meditations and um, inner child work it's like advanced stuff so you pay attention this is gonna be fun F fun for you if you're already doing this this is great last week I felt like I was being ignored exactly okay great so then there's the third of if you could be honest just do a check-in where did where did where would you stand over the last week it was a good reflective check-in because in order for you to become trigger-proof you must be good at self-awareness self-assessment without shame because most people their egos won't let them see that that that's with how they've been showing up but I don't care what your partner's doing um, I'm I don't care what my partner's doing and how she's behaving I don't want to say you I'm gonna talk about myself I'm responsible for showing up as the functional adult which is the third developmental stage if you can change the rewiring heal your attachment wounds heal with that inner child that's a part of it inner child work is a part of it changing the narrative cognitively and in the body you can't skip one out and learning the emotion the emotional mastery involved in all of that plus empathic communication so that you can feel seen and heard and then have somebody else feel seen and heard now you have a trigger proof toolkit especially if you have a community around you supporting you and a mentor and a guide kind of walking you through you now have a toolkit to expand that space and become the functional adult like Samantha you're here Samantha for the longest time is like I'm not ready for a baby my husband's ready for a baby I'm not ready for a baby but guess what's happening and I can feel it and sense it is that as she's healing those wounds with the wounded inner child and the adapted adolescent which is is time-consuming thing and it takes dedication and commitment because you've been abandoning your inner child and adolescent ever since you were young so you gotta change that script and really get a commit committed uh, conversation going with them um, you start to show up for, with as a functional adult the wounded inner child feels worthless the adapted adolescent feels arrogant whereas the functional adult has esteem from within the wounded inner child is needy the adapted adolescent is needless I don't care I don't give a shit I don't need a man I don't need a woman I'm good you know that's adapted adolescent truth is healthy interdependence you know um, need less because the functional adult means communicating your needs I acknowledge I have my needs I'm not ashamed of them I can share them powerfully and listen that because when I'm in my functional adult state I can communicate my needs you know end of story right number three the the wounded inner child seeks attention 
the oh, sorry the wounded inner child acts out of control the needy sorry the adapted adolescent is hyper controlling and you're hyper controlling that's your adapted adolescent the wounded inner child uh, acts out of control the adapted adolescent is is hyper controlling whereas the functional adult is pretty flexible and moderate isn't like overly controlling and it isn't like careless and needless kind of flexible adaptable remember you're not here to become iron you're here to become strong as iron yet flexible as rubber that's what becoming trigger proof is about you become heart centered so you're not tougher like I'm I'm trigger proof I'm tough men of iron women of iron we see that and then we see these tough people but you gotta have iron as well as rubber you know you gotta also be as resilient as rubber so you wanna have both sides right and so the wounded inner child seeks attention the adapted adolescent seeks the intensity whereas the um, functional adult is all really about integrity and harmony it's like you know what I'm gonna choose the integrous approach rather than the, the the one based on lies and we lie because we're ashamed of ourselves and so this is the work this is the work to become that functional adult where it's based on integrity and harmony and so the wounded child within you will put others on a pedestal and th this hopeless kind of romantic wanting this outside person to kind of rescue you from your misery and your wounds and you idealize your caretakers the adapted adolescent feels disillusioned by caretakers and, and and partners whereas the functional adult within you is pretty based in reality with your parents and your and your um, partner you don't see them as monsters you don't see them as like amazing perfect souls you actually see the reality that they're your parents your caretakers your partner is a two-sided being is just sweetheart and asshole and you've stopped idealizing the way they should be you stopped resenting and you've done the work so you've your resentment and your infatuation cycle has now turned into a realness <clears throat> that's how you know you've become a functional adult with anything you know you have an infatuation with someone a coach a mentor a teacher you have them up on a fucking pedestal guess what they then end up becoming you dis you end up becoming disillusioned because no one can be that savior so your functional adult self it has a realistic opinion and view of um, of their caretakers and partners let me know if any of this is resonating does this resonate with you so here's my question over the last three months with corona which part of you has shown up the most you've been listening to the trigger proof podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world which is nervous system regulation becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less it means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying there wasn't a reason. <clears throat> I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying look are you able to self-assess and depending on which version of you showed up that's the version of you where you're going to be telling those stories from the perspective of the wounded child or the functional uh, of the adapted adolescent the goal of healing whatever you're dealing with whether it's a breakup should i stay should i go 
what's going on with my health. The goal is to actually grow into the functional adult. Because the work it takes for you to grow into the functional adult, regulate your nervous system, clear your, this is our five-step model, regulate your nervous system, clear your past grievances, uh, learn how to dance with that dark passenger, empathically communicate first with your younger self and then with others, and then com number five, community and guidance and commitment. Commitment, community, and having a teacher. That's the pillar of becoming a functional adult because we really can't do this alone. It takes a village to raise a child, doesn't it? Well, it also takes a, a community to reparent that child that was traumatized, that didn't feel seen and heard. And the goal is to become a functional adult. And when you do, like in Laura's case, her, um, her uh, health has completely result, become resolved with her digestion, her skin picking, her anxiety. Her daughter has stopped biting her nails. Samantha just sent me a photograph um, showing me her, her, her hands. I'm like, what's that? Nice nice hands, great ring, but um, why the picture? And, and is like, oh, I've never had my nails this long because I'm not biting my nails anymore. Why? Well, because I've been healing those attachment wounds, regulating my nervous system, and becoming a fucking functional adult. And dare I say it, I'm just kind of you're getting ready for uh, becoming a parent. It's kind of like emerging. That's what happened to me. I started reparenting that those younger parts of me that I'd, had been forgotten or that I thought I kind of intellectually healed with the, you know, the cognitive works that's available to us or John's work and all that. I realized that um, I wasn't ready for fatherhood until I reparented my younger self. Now we have a baby on the way in two months and uh, I'm not saying I ain't nervous because yeah I just had a chat with the baby you know my wife lifted her her kind of her shirt up and then I went in and I do this quite a bit I go in and I start talking to the baby and uh, just kind of welcoming him or her and just knowing that there's a nervous system in there and that's really what what I wanted to leave you with is that why this is so important if you don't become a functional adult, you will download all of those traumas onto your children because you're going to expect them to see and hear you. You're going to download all of your traumas onto them, which is exactly likely what happened with your parents. Imagine, imagine your life if you had parents who just went all in with the healing work. And that's why this is so important. Because your children are watching you and they're sensing your energy. And by taking this on, this work becomes, it's not about you. It's, it's the biggest obstacle that many people face in jumping in and getting help to really heal those attachment wounds is, I feel like I don't deserve it. I spoke to a woman yesterday. She's got two kids who are having a hell of a time mentally, not in a good place, herself included. And she's like, can you help my kids? Can you help my kids? And I'm like, the greatest thing that I can do for your kids who haven't been following me, because this work is not about me being the rescuer to your kids. I teach you to be the hero. And the greatest thing you can do for your children is to become a self-loving mother. Because now you are taking responsibility, expanding that space between stimulus and response and contributing to your children actually feeling seen, unlike the way that you weren't. You know what I mean? You weren't seen. In that way, you're able to break the cycle. And that's why this work is so important. So if this is resonating with you and you're ready, the the, the, the work begins uh, August 16th. I'm going to leave a, a, a link. It starts with inner child meditation with breath work, where I teach you how to actually go inside and reconnect. And it's a beautiful practice in a community. And then we finish with breath work. And it's very powerful. So I'm going to leave a link there. And the week, two weeks after that, on August the 30th, we have the overview experience, which is a five-hour retreat where I literally go in and I show you exactly the methodology that I come up with that heals not just from a cognitive perspective of the story, uh, but also a 
body-based approach to healing and, and really deepening that relationship with that younger self. And, and what I call advanced inner child meditation, advanced inner child work. So it's not just inner child, it's like putting in all of the training that I've done with family constellations, with uh, John Martini's work, with Byron Katie's work. Now I'm becoming a somatic experiencing practitioner. I'm a chiropractor of 20 years, like literally hundreds of, I would say close to $500,000 worth of education in the mind-body field put together in a five-hour training. What would that be worth to you to be able to learn those skills? And of course, for those people who are showing up, that's just a taste of it. There will be invariably several people afterwards who are like, I need to, to heal this and I want your help and so those are the people that's what this group is about I give these free trainings we have a YouTube channel and for those who are actually wanting support and guidance in this because you really you know a podcast is great and these trainings are great but you can't really do it alone in isolation that's what your ego loves and you have to actually overcome that so um, I hope that works uh, let me know if that works. If it's not working, I'll do another one. But the overview experience, what we have is like a special. Here's the key of that. If you're, if you're not satisfied with it, you get a full refund. And I have the overview experience coming up there. I have a, let's see, there it is. I think that's it. I'm going to post it there. <clears throat> if you sign up for the overview experience, what I'm going to do is I give you the breathwork seminar for free. Because that's just kind of like they're really meant to do together. It's a the overview experience is a three-day workshop that I've created, and uh, it's a live event. And because of COVID, I compressed it into five hours on one day, and then breath work a couple of weeks before. So I've just kind of broken it up into two events. So if you sign up for the overview experience, uh, my team is going to send you a link for the breath work. It's it's included for you kind of as an incentive for you to really just jump all in for the process um, and just really throwing caution to the wind and, and, and trusting that inner voice even though it might be scary uh, even though you, you you're might be convinced that oh nothing's gonna work for me I've tried everything it's a process there's no garden path um, it is really important for you to make this like a number one priority if you want to change the story with your health if you want to change the story with your relationships if you want to change the story with like your connection to purpose it all comes back to becoming a functional adult and so I love taking people through that process let me know if you have any questions what was your biggest takeaway I'd love to see it if you have any questions um, I'd love to answer and I'm gonna be coming back tomorrow with another training but put those dates on the calendar jump in right away and uh, I would love to see you. If you have any specific questions, fill out a survey before so that I can make sure in those trainings, which are pretty intense, you're going to get the most value out of that. You leave there with a deep feeling of a connection to those early childhood wounds that you had dissociation from, and you have really advanced skills and tools to be able to resource yourself, to be able to handle your triggers, to be able to heal, become a self-healer, to not be so governed by outside voices and be more governed by the voice that's within, to not care so much about what other people think of you because you have way more certainty about who you are rather than what other people say about you. That's, I think, the holy grail of, of human existence. It was a weird pattern I would see in my practice is that people who are dealing with chronic illness, chronic pain, chronic problems that just were weird symptoms, unknown origin, not just mysterious stuff you get to know these people and these are people who are pleasers who cannot handle rejection cannot handle uh, the guilt feelings of choosing themselves they don't feel worthy and deserving this is what the woman said to me yesterday she's like I kinda of feel like I don't deserve I don't deserve it you know my, my kids are this and that and everyone's struggling well you know that the best thing you can do is to heal because you'll be able to contribute yeah but I don't feel like I deserve it like well that's why your kids are basically mirroring you you want your kids to heal and do the work to heal but you're not willing to do it yourself it's completely incongruent your children are looking for you to lead them properly not by talking but by being which involves confronting your fears this whole process of becoming a functional adult kinda has to happen through your fears this is the rite of passage this is what we experienced as what they had in native cultures 
you know the process of growing up has a rite of passage there are these specific stages that they put the children through boys and girls and it usually involved when they were 13 14 that they were sent off into the wilderness by themselves why so that they can confront their fucking fears and return back to the village if they survived return back to the village with wisdom because of the challenges and the the the, the confrontations the war within themselves that they had to the dragon they had to slay in order to get there and then we've lost touch with these rites of passage because we just give kids everything they want and so they don't they don't they're not dealt with um skills in order to handle adversity we are not given skills to handle adversity and so this is the, the, your journey becoming trigger-proof, your journey of healing, your journey in creating a healthy relationship all involves you making a commitment to growing the fuck up. And we all have parts of us that need growing up. And it's a lifelong process and it's never-ending and it's a conversation that's probably the most inspiring conversation because by doing it and by engaging in this, you're in the family right now. And you're a part of my mission, which is to create to break the cycle of intergenerational trauma because this isn't your fault this isn't about victim blaming it didn't start with you and it didn't even start with your parents or your narcissistic ex-husband's parents either this has been going on for a long time and when you step outside and you unplug from the matrix you realize there's really no one to blame but there's an opportunity for me to take responsibility and then shift that dynamic within me and heal those wounds and then all of a sudden my outer world changes to reflect the, the difference in how I feel about myself. <laughs> Breathwork is not opening up correctly. Let me give you, thank you, let me give you another one. And if it's not working, I'll make sure it works. Let's see, um, boom. And if it doesn't work, then we'll try it again. But uh, let me know what resonated most for you um oh i guess that didn't work either so we'll figure that out uh breathwork and badassery actually just send me a link uh and um we'll get you signed up and uh we'll see you at the next perfect time thank you for thank you for being here i want you what i want you to do is to think of about three or four friends that you know invite them in this group number one that you know really should listen to this because they are struggling in their relationship and they're having like a, a plateau in their health and they're looking for the answer <clears throat> but they're looking outside for the answer and they're open to an asshole like me telling them hey why don't we start looking in now why don't we go into the portal inside I know it's scary I know there's things you'd rather not talk about or you wanted to forget and you're like oh it's all in the past it's not in the past Time does not heal all wounds. Time conceals them. And they are all carrying, we're carrying it around with us. And until we learn the actual strategy of removing those rocks in the backpack, they will forever run our lives. And it is my absolute purpose to guide you back, into, back to yourself when you are actually ready to become the hero of your own journey. See you at the next.